guys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And if you hear that slight, slight echo uh, coming off of there, or just a little bit of a little bit of reverb coming on, that plays into uh, one of the special things about this week's episode. Um, of course, if you uh, you saw the title, you know who's here. We have the King of the Goons. I don't even know if that's the right term to use. They all seem to be equal parts in that in that little faction there. But we have um, the shooter, Killian McMurphy, on the show this week. And I am so stoked to have the chance to uh, chat with him all about Killian Vision, winning the ECWA Super 8 Tournament, challenging Willard Utah for the IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship. Um, but I think what excited Killian the most was that we spent a good chunk of time talking about Sonic the Hedgehog during this interview, um, which I'm always down to talk about, as Killian puts it, the funny blue rat. So... <laughs> um, that being said, like I, I was super stoked, and I'm glad that we're able to uh, bring that interview to you. But the reverb comes in because Killian uh, was the first interview that I conducted in our new recording location, and by that I mean my my new place. Um, <laughs> it's still a work in progress, hence why all of the. Uh, empty room sounds here, but it's an exciting era. You know, this is, uh, we've recorded the show in multiple places, whether it be, you know, a couple of past apartments. I recorded an intro and outro to the show at 4.30 in the morning at the Nashville airport. Um, it's been all over the place, but alas, uh, we have found ourselves in a new location, which is likely going to be more permanent than others. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, episode 102. It's another new era here for LGBT in the ring. And I can't think of somebody, or anybody better, rather, to uh, to do that with uh, than Killian. It's just, I don't know. It's a fun conversation. I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. Um, especially coming out of, you know, Paris is bumping as well. There's a little bit of, there's a little bit in there about that, but... Uh, You'll listen, you'll see. Uh, it's been a, a, a fun week in the pro wrestling world. Um, a couple of um, real surprises, <laughs> I would say. Obviously, Wednesday night we saw uh, MDK all fucking day. Uh, the king of this shit, Nick Gage, uh, showing up on AEW Dynamite, which was just wild to see. Um, I... I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing what uh, Nick Gage does uh, in an AEW ring next week because Nick Gage does whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> so that's going to be dope. Um, and also, um, looking specifically at the independent world right now, we just ha- saw uh, the release of The Complex uh, from IWW on IWTV. Uh, IWTV.com, independentwrestling.tv, um, which you know is a really interesting concept um, that really has sparks a another conversation around unionization in pro wrestling. Something very, very near and dear to my heart, 
and uh, I highly suggest anyone that hasn't checked it out yet go check it out. It's truly great. Something different. Uh, it's like so many other things that we've talked about on this show um, that uh, it comes to the pro wrestling landscape there. Um, but yeah, like that. Those are definitely a couple things to look forward to. Things to check out. Um, but of course, go check those out right after you listen to my conversation with the shooter. Killian McMurphy. What's up, guys, guys, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very happy to have as my guest this week someone who has been on the tip of the tongue of many independent pro wrestling fans as of late. Um, you know him for uh, the the goons uh, over in Camp Leapfrog, Pro Wrestling Magic, One PW, all different places. Um, one part of the best business bureau over in the Butch versus Score Paris is bumping part of the multiverse of pro wrestling. Um, and of course, the winner of the ECWA Super 8 this year coming up on a uh, challenge for the IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship against Wheeler, Utah coming up on July 31st. The shooter, I'm not even going to try and scream it because I can't do it like you. The shooter, <laughs> Killian McMurphy, welcome to LGBT in the ring. Well, I got to say, I can't go over all my accolades like you did. That was very impressive. I don't think you should have wrote up my uh, PWI bit. <laughs> well, I, I did write up your QWI bit. So, oh, nice. Yes. Nice. So, okay. <laughs> I have a Hopefully lot. Hopefully, I'll be higher. I'll be higher than four something on that one. Well, yeah, th I, this year I, I am committing to actually doing a ranking as opposed to doing it alphabetically la like I did last year. So there will be there will be people moving up and down. So we'll, we'll see where oh, number that goes. One, number one, number one, number one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's very honestly, it can be a little easy to list off your accolades because like you you've done a lot over the past year to two years or so. And I know you've been in the business longer than that, but it really feels like you've kind of found yourself more so over the past couple of years, whether it be doing the Camp Leapfrog stuff or, you know, going at the Battle Club or even like doing stuff with H2O a little bit here and there. It seems like you're in a bunch of different places and you're finding a level of comfort that wasn't there before. Um, what do you feel has like, can, kind of contributed to that for you? Um, it's a lot of things. It was kind of looking at yourself in the mirror when, um, the pandemic hit and realizing how important your art is to you and saying like, fuck it, it's time to roll the dice. You know what I mean? It's time to be Killian in the most Killian way I can be. Don't worry about anybody else's vision. No pun intended for what the character is supposed to be like balls to the walls, be this complete version of yourself. Plus of course, like you got to contribute. We talked about it earlier off the air, Dustin does big dust is a huge part of that. Me coming into my own. Also, I tripped acid a few times that can really open up your mind and give you a few cool ideas. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I can, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it has been, it's just been, it's just been a very interesting metamorphosis, like looking at like, you know, your earlier work, whenever it was very much more just a straightforward, like, I'm a like very, very, very like, 
just I'm a pro wrestler based idea of 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 the Killian character, and now seeing this this kind of embracing that you've had of all these different aspects of your personality has just been really fun to watch. How looking at yourself now, how would you define the earlier version of Killian McMurphy as compared to to who you are now? I think I was, and I still am when you look at my work work, you know, if you look at a Killian McMurphy match, I was incredibly old school. Um, and I wasn't just old school with my work in a throwbacky kind of way. My promos, a lot of them were just, they were good. They were engaging, but they were just me talking to a camera. Um, so I think I was really, you know, one of my favorite things to say is, and in the article you wrote, I said this a lot, we know what a match is, what else can a match be? And I think early Killian very much embodied, we know what a match is. And kind of, I don't want to call it paint by numbers, but I knew what a pro wrestling, what a pro wrestling match and a pro wrestler should be. So that's what I did. Hmm. You brought up Big Dust earlier, and and you know, obviously, you you credit him immensely in multiple places for kind of being part of this this new idea of of who Killian can be. What was it about? Or better question: How did you end up linking up with 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 Dust in the beginning? Well, I'm not sure if you know who Nelson Bauer is. He's he's a probably seen us talk about him or hint at him or maybe his his name was all over the uh killian vision credits he was a huge huge part of that um he went to high school with dustin Hmm. and when nelly came out to to try out to be a wrestler sometimes dustin would like give him a ride or just come in and hang out and i don't think dustin ever saw himself being a wrestler but like him and Nelly were beating each other up on their trampolines when they were younger. You know what I mean? So if his best friend's finally trying out for wrestling school, of course, he's going to be inclined to, to come through and stop by. And, you know, eventually sitting there, he's going to get antsy. And our trainer was a very much, very badass guy, but he had a very high-pitched voice. So it was very funny. He was go, oh, I could train anybody. You, you give me a, a sack of potatoes. I'll teach him how to take a, a flip pump. It'll be great. It'll be great. So he was very proud of the fact that he can train anybody to be a wrestler. So he, of course, saw Dustin as a big challenge. Dustin just being like this fat theater nerd kid with very, very little semblance of an athletic background. And by God, he did it again. Dust, dust is absolute money. Dust has got a dust has got a crisper back bump than me. <laughs> That's interesting that it was just kind of like this sort of like osmosis effect in a way, like just kind of being tangentially around it, you kind of get sucked into it in a way. Yeah, I think he he saw the environment of the school. And I think maybe him and Nelly had the same idea at the same time, but because Nelly was a hockey player and an athlete growing up, um, Nelly jumped right into it and Dust was kind of getting his feet wet or, or something like that. But that, they, what's exactly going on his head, in his head during that? You'd have to ask him because I always wonder that myself too. I'm like, mm. was he just scared? Was he just seeing if we were mean? <laughs> and then I think I was definitely mean, so it couldn't have been that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, at, at any rate, at some point, you two kind of link up and start becoming a tandem in in with, with him as your as your as your best friend, not your manager. Um, That's right. That's yes. very important. I'm glad you brought that up. It's very important. People get that wrong. People say best friend and manager a lot and even that's wrong yeah what what about having that delineation is so important to you um dustin it's it's really a dust thing it's like he he says that about all the people he manages including like miles and heel um that he's there and trying to help his friend win not trying to get a win for someone who's hired him or vice versa. Um, I think that speaks volumes for the dynamic of the goons and the dynamic you see in promos. I don't think you're ever going to feel like Dustin is speaking for any of us. I don't think anybody's ever watched a, a Dustin promo with any of us and thought, oh, this guy's a mouthpiece. Um, they're more like puzzle pieces that fit together and paint a beautiful picture. <laughs> I will definitely agree with that. And it's, I think it is very apt that you kind of point out that he's not a mouthpiece in, in this way that you, at least in terms of like how you normally think about pro wrestling, a manager would be because like you, Eel, Miles all have the ability to like, cut great promos and tell yeah. great stories you know not just in ring and they're all all of your styles kind of like trend a little bit different even like from away from what dust does and and it all does come together into this very like magical thing in the goons that i think has kind of like swept up multiple promotions at this point now um, talk to me a little bit about the formation of the goons. I'm, I'm very curious to learn about how uh, the three or the four of y'all actually came together to form this little, this, this tandem. Well, Nelly actually was the original goon. Ah, okay. Um, oh, that makes sense. Hockey player. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But we were actually called the boys back then because mm. Dustin wanted to rip the Amazon series and, you know, my lariat is called the boy um that nelly thought of like boys in the back so we were all we all had our own ideas of why to call us that so before the goons we were the boys and it was uh just me and nelson actually there's a promo where nelson's begging me to be my tag partner and even like pops up in my shower trying to ask me. it's like really funny and really was like a predecessor to to a lot of the cinematic content we ended up doing you know a promo with multiple scenes you know really kind of blossomed into the really cool shit we're doing now but that's how it really really started was with nelly and nelly and i started doing our thing at one cw and outbreak um i'm trying to think of a couple other places we we tagged um we had a booking coming up at prime time uh, right before prime time closed and we were like mm -hmm. but from there um nelson actually stepped away from wrestling and it was just me, Dustin, and at that point, A.K. Willis, who still is a member of the Goons at places like Pizza Party and SWO and um, kind of that Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. From there, neither of those guys were available to come to LeapFrog. And I had this scene in mind 
where two of my goons pop up out of the woods and try to help me win against the monster. Like the monster's got magic powers. LOL, I got magic powers too, but it's just my shitty friends in the woods with sticks. You know what I mean? Like, like I got I got powers too. And like just, just implying my friends have been waiting there all night for me to get into some shit, which honestly is, is dangerously close to the truth for how long they waited in the woods for that shoot. Very funny. Um, but neither of them were available. And I hit up Miles that morning. Because Nellie, Nellie was literally like good to go and everything. And then called me that morning. He's like, man, I feel like absolute shit. Like I'm sick, especially now I'm not going to go to a show sick. Cause you know, we were really deep in the COVID stuff then. Um, you know, definitely. I don't think we could have got a test that day maybe, but even then like feel, feeling sick at a show, not a good look. So he didn't want to go. So I call Miles and I'm like, look, man, I know it's super last minute, but he said, yeah, I'm available. And from there, um, Erica, funny story, actually got Eel booked at Leapfrog. And Eel and I go way back. Like I used to go to theater shows with Eel in it. Mm. Like back before Flying V did wrestling, when Flying V was just Flying V theater. Um, And I knew like friend of a friend who did theater with Eel knew me in college. So I knew Eel very early, like before Eel was really even a wrestler, he was doing like backstage interviews and, and we got fairly close, not too close, but close enough to when it came up for him to be in the goons, you know, we had had experience getting really close as the, uh, what was our name? Uh, head of the class in flying v you know the evil breakfast club thing we were doing with uh logan larue yeah and say and uh uh not ac wolf uh alan clayball um and sage matthews i think was the other one he was the nerd right gosh i can't wait to get that that band back together it was that was such a blast but eel and i got really close and i knew eel and i could do group tag stuff together so as soon as like it was pitched, what do you think about Eel and the Goons? I was like, oh my God, what a good fit. Mm. And then from there, you know, somewhere in there, we added Bad Bad Banks. Somewhere in there, uh, uh, Big Robbie Radke, what, what's he calling himself now? The Vibe Killer. He added himself to the group. I said, okay, I guess you're in now. <laughs> I know rock rocking Robbie Radke that's right that's what it is though he's rocking Robbie Radke using the robalizer as his finish which is very funny for many reasons but we won't go into that <laughs> no it's just it's just so fun to to see y'all whenever you do pop up on on various shows obviously like I think leapfrog has probably been the place where people have have really kind of latched onto the goons the most um coming out so far although i will say a lot of the stuff that y'all have done in pro wrestling magic has been really good obviously you had the big goddamn cinemagic that just uh kind of wrapped up last month um yeah which was uh a very fun and, and, uh, and just kind of all over the place uh 50 minutes of just goofiness that i really enjoyed yes. i i Thank cannot you. i cannot get the image of miles holding up a picture of an emu 
whenever um like whenever erica asked for his law degree and then it's just it's just like the it's, it's, it like perfectly like encapsulates at least a part of my sense of humor and it just has me rolling every time i think about it <laughs> thank you thank you that was born from us being in the car and me saying do we have degrees do we have degrees that we can show would that be funny <laughs> and i think somebody had one and i'm like what do we use for the other one and then dust almost in a, in a a very uh of course kind of way goes oh we use the picture of the emu like why, why oh why didn't you think of that you fucking idiot of course we would <laughs> use the picture of the emu are you kidding me oh lord no, it's just it's all just so good and and i love how it's kind of translated into you getting your own show last month with killian vision you know obviously we, we've chatted about that before you can go read the article on outsports um you know the show originally the idea behind it was for a pride show, but then, you know, you wanted to take it in a completely different direction and boy, did you, yeah. um, that, was a, <laughs> that was a journey. I will say a very fun oh, yeah. one. We talked before Killian vision, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So what'd you think? I, I thought it was very, very, very entertaining. I thought it was very funny. I liked how the different like eras that you kind of warped to had a very like, the vibe felt like that, but at the same time, it was funny to have that juxtaposed against like the modern dress of a lot of the wrestlers. <laughs> it was just really some of them really nailed funny. it. Some of them, like uh, Chris Bankos, for example, who's the referee, was an absolute gem when it came to not just his outfits, but how he was acting. Mm -hmm. I, uh, if you take the Whisper and Katano match which was supposed to be like the, the early 2000s indie match, mm -hmm. you know, where they like did a bunch of things, um, but it was only like shot with one camera. <laughs> and the referee, Bankos, is like, has his shirt untucked, his hair is a mess, and he's, every time he's, oh God, this is so brilliant. Every time he stands up, he's pushing up with the ropes. He's like doing the lazy fat guy like shitty ref thing where he's like using the ropes to get up and i was like i went to him so many times in that night i said you are brilliant it should be called Bankos vision <laughs> very good and i appreciated everybody who did that but yeah there were yeah. some people that did not uh get the memo <laughs> well no it was just funny because like i think that he, that added to the charm of it in many ways like i love the fact that like you have uh what was it whenever dustin miles like warped back into what's it was like the 70s or the yeah, 60s? Right. yeah 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 um they warp back and you just have dust like screaming like i'm from the future i'm from the future like throughout <laughs> the, whole, the whole match just like it it so plays good. off of it so well it was just really great all leading up to you know erica being the savior and bringing color back to the world of camp leapfrog and and yeah, sending you we to did hell. epic mickey yes exactly exactly <laughs> i do have to ask though uh how is hell um you know nelly's down here <laughs> <laughs> we figured out where he went he's down here he's vibing he's got the pen and we've just been hitting it and vibing nice. satan's not that bad satan is weird satan looks like this really fat guy but instead of fat, he's got like these weirdly misshapen abs huh. and back muscle. 
and kind of five o'clock shadow. And I keep telling him, Satan, you look like hell. <laughs> and then in this voice that sounds strangely like abs goes, no, I don't look like hell, Killian. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I didn't expect Satan to look like that. Huh. That's interesting. I'm glad to get the heads up. He said up. he's taken the form of what I fear the most, which, you know, that's interesting. I Maybe you learned something about yourself down there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess abs did throw me around a lot, huh? A bit. A bit. Nah. <laughs> but all, <laughs> all jokes aside, the Killian Vision show was great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. And I think you got there was a lot of positive response to it as well. How did you feel once it did air? Like, how did you feel the execution of it came off? Oh, my God. Big sigh of relief. Like, me and Dustin. Like, I joke about Banco's Vision, and he did great, but, like, Dustin like absolutely deserves the MVP for this like he did things such as like throwing all the individual scenes of the of the show together like big picture stuff like that him and I handled the editing of um, everything like the promos and then of course the big goddamn cinematic at the end which wasn't really even a big goddamn cinematic it was just a fight scene it was just we we tried to finally play it straight for the first time. And going into that, I was like holding my breath to see how that would be received. So when I saw a big positive response, when I saw people shit their pants at the drone shot, like I I I was really happy. Very, very happy. And like shout out to the entire crew there because like I don't know if you noticed the little things like us actually shooting on a VHS camera. Yeah, at time definitely noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like us doing like the weirdest shit on chroma key we could possibly do. So like the creativity of like not just the goons crew, people like Nelson, people like Rob, um, people like Eel, people like Miles, but like Greg and Devin and Levin and Laterna and everybody on that leapfrog crew was such a gem to work with anthony from the tornado tag podcast who that that killian vision was the first wrestling event that he was ever uh, like on the staff for Mm. he was only a podcaster before that and he shot so many key parts of that including the julius smokes friday scene (laughs) which is I, i i don't know if that had killian written all over it but i felt like God damn, if I've ever directed something that screamed more me, you're going to have to show me because I, I don't know it. <laughs> God, that, <laughs> that whole segment was just really great. I don't know. I, Julius Smokes is someone who anytime that he pops up on the show, it's just it, it's just a certain level of, of hype that just jumps way up just from his presence on it. Like I, yeah. I was watching like the CFU show um that came out uh, about a week before Killian Bishop and then him showing yeah. up to corner. Um, I can't remember who it was on the top of my head right now, but him showing up to corner and that was just like brilliant to see. So I don't yeah. know. There's something about Julius. I, I love it so much. And um, the fact that he rode a bike for us <laughs> in our stupid little Debo segment, like, <laughs> made me so happy and and like he was such a gem because we had to film stuff for that a few times and like do a few takes 
And he's an absolute legend. He didn't have to do any of that stuff for our dumbasses. You know what I mean? He did not have to play dress up with us at all. And he did. And it, it was amazing. I, I brought up the bike. Um, and I take it to, to like where we're filming. And I put it down or I lean it against something and I go over to Smokes. And I'm like, Smokes, do you want to walk up or do you want to ride that bike? And he like gives it a second. He's like, I like that bike right there. And in my head, I'm like, let's fucking go. We got the shot. And on the outside, I'm just like, all right, awesome. Awesome. Cool. I'll bring it over. <laughs> just playing it as chill as you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in my brain, I'm freaking out that we have this, like I said, absolute legend, like doing this silly thing, refilming like one of my favorite movies from my childhood. Um, another segment that I did want to talk to you about was the 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 80s segment, the very glow-esque segment with uh, Molly and Becca, Love Doug, and Boomer. Um, I, obviously, Glow has had a resurgence with the Netflix series and everything, but even that didn't really necessarily capture the the exquisite cheese that came with the original Glow from back in like 1990. What was that something that that you that immediately popped in your head whenever it came to the '80s thing, or was that an idea from somebody else? Like, talk. I'm very curious about how that segment came together. That was a Chris Levin idea. Ah, okay. The details of what they said in the promos, all the direction he gave them, and all the direction I gave them, he wrote it, I directed it, was rap. So they both came with their raps, right? And and um of course love doug and becca super corny absolute gems fantastic they they killed it and then when uh molly and boomer do their back and forth and like it all breaks down i think it's very funny and i'm not sure who edited that segment i want to say maybe greg from the production crew Whoever it was cuts it at the perfect time when Molly's like really ramping up, like yelling at Boomer and it like cuts to the match with this goofy 80s transition. So <laughs> I wish, I mean, I guess I, I did direct it, but you know, it's just pointing the camera and saying go at that point when you got like people like that thinking of the segment and, and talent like that working at it. Mm. Did you have a personal favorite segment out of any of the the various ones there like obviously you talked about the the debo segment but was there any what was that your favorite or did you have another favorite yeah i mean that one that one of course but i have to talk about uh leave it to abby when abby <laughs> which is actually follows right up after smokes i'm pretty sure or at least it, it did in the original cut um because one of her lessons is don't sell bad reefer <laughs> um, and then the absolute gem and i feel like i'm using that word or that phrase way too much um that is alex alec i was calling alex i started it as a meme when we had a scramble match together now i can't stop alec price um he pops up as his like little greaser deal and that like rockabilly music hits and him and Travis, I think, have an excellent back and forth going into my favorite match of the whole thing, including me and Erica's. Like, wow, the way they punched Alex. Um, 
little thing with the cigarette. Like his cutoff was leapfrog, throws the cigarette, and it just kicks him. And like just everything about that match, they exactly saw what we were going for and they rolled with it. We couldn't ask for like a better deal. That was my favorite part of the show. No, I really enjoyed that one as well. I got big like crybaby vibes off of Alec in that segment. Oh my God. He was so, he was so ridiculous. What was really funny about that segment is what what you're seeing is like the third take and the first two takes, he was kind of like reserved, right? Like, I don't know if he might be saying, but like, he wasn't as like boisterous, like this cartoon of a character, like he was in the final segment, which absolutely made it right. Yeah. And he, and dust comes in on that third take right before we start rolling. And all he sees is Alec absolutely nail everything that he he like needs to do. And like Dust has just been raving ever since. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he killed it. He absolutely killed it. And also Alec was one of the uh the drama club members, mm-hmm. one of Boost's uh goons in the mask. So he he did great, like him, pancakes, Ryan Nova um Rhonda all did great as as those characters too so it, it's hard to pick a segment but I, I gotta go with that one no uh, it's a good choice it's a good choice um talk to me a little bit about like obviously the ending you had Erica obviously being the the hero of the entire thing there and obviously Erica has been um very much the the antithesis to the goons over for a lot of yes. uh, their time there what is it why does why i guess the best way to phrase this why is erica the perfect foil for for y'all's antics in in the way that she is well we can't seem to beat her up can we i mean you try yeah i beat her once so that was that seems like last year at this point gosh um I think her ability as an actor, I think her timing, um, I think her psychology in the ring. Uh, there's a lot of things that I could rant and rave about of why she is the perfect foil. But honestly, that's a question you'd have to ask like pro wrestling magic and leapfrog management. You know what I mean? I wish I could be the ones other than Killian Vision. You know, and and with that, it was just a natural progression of things, right? From what we've been doing since February. Um, you know, it's you'd have to ask them exactly what they see in it. I can I can tell you all the things um, that I think make her great, but as far as us together, other than us both being very '90s, I think I'm I'm an evil Emilio Estevez, and. I don't know. She's the funny '90s candy lady. I can't tell you. No, it's it's, it up. it's interesting that you compare yourself to an evil Emilio Estevez because all I'm imagining is like the the evil version of this Mighty Ducks character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like he's a coach, but he's like Abby Lee from Dance Moms. Oh God, no one should ever so, have to suffer that. <laughs> yeah she's she's my queen she's my favorite favorite protagonist on any television show (laughs) i have to ask why 
<laughs> uh, well, she's she's uh, first off, absolutely absurd person, right? Yeah. Um, and terrible, terrible person. Um, For sure. But she has these moments of like, she'll say things, and the athlete in me will get so fucking hyped, and I'd be and I'd be like, God, I'd be, I'd be so good in there. <laughs> I think she should manage. Mm. Yeah, don't you think she'd be a great manager? I mean, her on-screen character already is like a very good heel manager. So yes. Yeah, her. Who who else is canceled? That'd be a really good, a good manager. Um, um, who's who's? Uh, why am I brain locking on it on the conspiracy theory guy? Oh, which one? The main conspiracy theory guy, the guy oh. who talks like this. Joe oh, Reagan. Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones would be the ultimate. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why couldn't I think of his name? Uh, yeah, he'd be great. He's so entertaining, right? I mean, it would work, but I feel like he would be. He would think that things are way too real. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be like the film Bolt. You would have to. You would have to pretend everything's real too yeah. to get the best out of him. <laughs> And then God. he goes on a series of romps with like a cat and a funny gerbil and a ball. Have I'm you seen just, that movie? I have not seen the movie in a while. So I, it, John like... Travolta, John Travolta's Disney movie. And he's the only one that I think does really, really well, but he kills it. Mm. I'm going to have to go. Miley, back and watch su- Miley sucks in it. Miley's oh. big snooze fest in it. <laughs> and I love Miley. So that's coming from a very, very place of love well, do you want to talk space jam 2 have you seen space jam 2 yet you know what my plan is to watch space jam 2 tonight actually okay so right. i guess um, you'll have to have me back on because i have a lot to say <laughs> how well we can talk about the first one at least in terms of like comparison here because like you, that can be done without a lot of spoiler stuff there right mm, i Maybe? don't know i don't know how much i want to tell you because i don't want to like okay like um, I don't want to like give you any kind of bias towards how I see the film. <laughs> I want you to go in, you know, and don't look at my Twitter because I've been going off. Robbie Radke, rocking Robbie Radke says it's better than the first one, and I'm gonna rock him in his f- fucking face if he keeps saying that. <laughs> I got so mad at him, or I sent him like a 30 second audio message of me just screaming about how Michael Jordan learned a lesson in the first one, and you have no idea what a hero's journey is if you don't think there's one in the first Space Jam. Well, exactly. I mean, the first Space Jam brought him back to basketball after his baseball career. That's what I said. And he's like, well, this is an obvious lesson. Oh, yeah, well, LeBron loving his fucking kids, not an obvious lesson. What are you on about? (laughs) God, oh, my gosh. Sorry, we got way off track here. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. I have this image now based off of you bringing up Alex Jones as a heel wrestling manager of him just throwing brain force plus pills at people <laughs> from ringside. So that's you know, I'm actually going to be the subject of uh, Space Jam 3, Joe Rogan. <laughs> God, God damn it. They're going to they're gonna bring me back to all my platforms. That's going to be the character <laughs> arc. They're going to give me my Twitter back. It's just back. traveling through the Looney Tunes universe to get back his YouTube uh, page. Yeah, he do be kind of Elmer Fudd-esque. Oh, very, very red. Very, yeah. very. I have a, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a video once we wrap on this show because there's something Alex Jones related that I absolutely adore. 
and I need you to see it because it's, you might have seen it already, but I'll send it to you afterwards. And, and uh, trust me, you'll get you'll get a laugh out of it. I can't um, wait. I love good good AJ content. <laughs> that might be the first time Alex Jones has ever come up on this show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, kind of getting back to pro wrestling a little bit because there's other stuff non pro wrestling I do want to talk to you about for for obvious reasons. But um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the the Super Eight because like that winning that you won that tournament. And that is a very prestigious tournament in the world of independent pro wrestling. You know, many, many major names have come through ECWA and brought home that trophy um, in years past. And now it rests with you. And it's earned you a shot at the uh, the Women's Super 8 coming up, facing Wheeler Yuta for the Independent Wrestling Championship. What was it like for you to uh, kind of go into that show and and – realize that you were going to be coming out with that with that trophy well first i have to say that the trophy is so important that darius decided to celebrate with that one instead of the actual trophy (laughs) i noticed that i noticed that and i was just like i'm just i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to like scream because this is just a perfect heel thing to celebrate with the wrong trophy and then like i remember watching jared run back spoilers for pib i guess the pictures are out there jared running yeah. back to grab the actual trophy after all the pictures have been taken <laughs> you would think that that someone would bring it out for us once we won it right like some kind of staff member good grief <laughs> oh well we had dust bringing us the super eight trophy it was a okay we had something to hoist up in the air didn't we exactly <laughs> <laughs> um gosh that was so funny i was cracking up i don't know if you saw me but i was i was like yelling at dustin and giggling to myself and like <laughs> like smiling at eel like i was having the time of my life in the show oh it was so great so great um make sure you guys watch it when it comes out on IWTV. Yes, for sure. Um, what what was the question again? Oh, so about the- <laughs> we're talking about the super. Oh, I when, when when I found it. So, <coughs> excuse me. No worries. What's crazy about the super eight is they don't decide, and I guess this is probably kayfabe shattering, but they don't decide who's going to win until the end of the first round. Really. Yeah, how wild is that? Huh, so they book out the first round and then, like, in the middle of the show, they book out the rest of the tournament. Yep, they have, like, an idea, but they they can scratch it out. Like, they scratched it out. Like, I was supposed to lose to Dasher in the second round originally. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then, after my match with Bam, I got to the back... And I was working goddamn WCW legend crowbar. And now I'm shitting bricks. <laughs> because he, like, you know, is the vettiest of vets, but still goes out there and tears it up, mm-hmm. you know, doing absurd things that I've never been capable of. <laughs> um so I'm, I'm literally sweating bricks, realizing I'm going to the finals. 
And at some point, Dustin comes over to me and says, they just asked me if the trophy could fit in our car. Mm. So that's how I found out <laughs> that I was going to win. <laughs> I'm assuming you made the trophy fit. Yeah, yeah. Dustin told him no, though, which is very, very funny. <laughs> he had me screaming with that. He said, no, no, it can't. Why? Oh, he's a gem. Very much so. Um, talk to me a little bit about the final, because obviously, like that, the final what match um, in the tournament with you and 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 uh, Dasher, very good professional wrestler, um, did have like obviously the the hiccup with the injury there. Um, what was the what was the mindset kind of whenever everything kind of went sideways there, whenever he got hurt in the match? You know, my main concern was him, you know what I mean? Of course, this yeah. seems like a silly thing to say, but, like, a lot of people are, like, apologizing to me. They're like, oh, you didn't get the finals you want. You didn't get the finals you want. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, he's hurt. And thank God that he didn't continue the match because he could have got way hurt, way more hurt. Um, Like I said, I'm I'm old school. Like I said earlier, but I'm not old school to a fault. And I think that working hurt thing is very much old school to a fault. And he made the excellent decision of calling it off. And the, I mean, the first thing I did is I rolled out to the floor and I heard him say, I think I broke my ankle as I was rolling out, which was the spot that we called anyway, roll out to the floor. And I tell Dustin, give it a little bit of time go to like quote unquote get him you know actually like check on him talk to the ref uh finnegan who's a fantastic referee says we're gonna call it um that's when i grab the chair throw it in the ring and now i've won the super eight sitting on my fat ass which is pretty cool but like i said the first thing you're thinking is like you know a very good professional wrestler i hope he's okay um, but he look at him now. Good grief. He's, he he's like back up and killing it. Like we're going to have this, this rematch, you know, probably next 20 minutes. <laughs> nah, he's bounced back so quickly and obviously he's not all the way back yet, but just like see him like already like back in the gym and, and, you know, just going about everything. It's, it's really promising to see. Yeah. Because that could have been that, like you said, that could have been a way, way, way worse of a, of an injury there. And it was bad. I mean, he broke his ankle in three places. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. And to think that it could have been worse than that if he had done the dumb typical wrestler thing. But he's a very good professional wrestler, <laughs> not a dumb professional wrestler. So, exactly. All right, Jens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. 
You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free to check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So whenever you, obviously you, you win the trophy, you win that the prestige there, and then you find out that you're you've earned a title shot now against Yuta. What's your thought process going into, into that match? And what does it, what does it say to you that, that you're going to be defense number 99? Um, you know, I'm pissed. I'm not a hundred. What the hell? <laughs> Is that, wouldn't that bother you that you're like right there? Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, what a, what an irksome number. Could you have picked a more irksome number for me, Jerry? Good grief. Um, but no, I'm super excited, super excited, very validating to earn a shot at that title with the, with the people that have, have worn it and the people that have wrestled for it. And I think it's a great look also for the Super 8. Um, for the Super 8 and for older fans, a good look for the IWTV belt. Because somebody who's just coming back into indie wrestling after X number of years is like seeing that this is the new Super 8. You know what I mean? the new top guy in independence is, is, has this belt, not taking anything away from the super eight. Of course. I mean, fuck, I want it, but you know, it feels great to wrestle the top of the top. No, I can definitely, I can definitely understand that. And, and it, you make a good point in that, like, you know, even if people have like tuned out from independent wrestling for a while, the super eight still holds a lot of cachet just in yeah. name alone, you know? Yeah. And be able to pass that back and forth between the belt and the trophy by having this match, I think is really cool. No, for sure, for sure. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about a match that we just found out is going to happen. Um, and it relates back to Butch versus Gore, Paris is bumping, the best business oh, no. bureau. Gay war games. Yes, the <laughs> the the uh, Butch versus Gore human nature. You're going to be locked in a cage with nine other people um mm. i'm very curious how uh how you're you're thinking now knowing that, that you're heading into war games against uh the house of no bullshit gay war games very gay war games the, the <laughs> gayest war games that we could have <laughs> um you know 
standing across from Billy, standing across from Erica, standing across from Ashton, people that I battled with before. And then the wild card that is the crazy shit that Devin Monroe does. And then they got a mystery partner too, don't they? They do. Yeah, who the fuck is that going to be? That's scary, right? Yeah. Mm, I'm going to have to ask around and try to get the scoop. <laughs> do some digging. Do some digging, get the scoop de scoop. But no, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty scary. Pretty scary. Might bring like a baseball bat. Or have Dustin bring the gun. <laughs> you know, something. Some kind of means where I can get through this uh, perilous situation. What does it Eels feel like in there, though? My sweet, sweet boy, Eel. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm curious to ask you a little bit about the Best Business Bureau as well, because obviously we saw that form at the Cassandro Cup. Um, it's really kind of given queer pro wrestling fans a, a heel group to kind of latch onto in a way that hasn't really existed before. Um, I, I was talking to someone after Paris is bumping. Um, uh, hi, Jerry. We were talking, and and they compared. Uh, the best business bureau to a better version of 440. Um, I don't know. What has it been like for you to kind of be part of this? Really, the the first time I could think of like a, a heel queer group that's not based in like, you know, the like gay panic sort of stuff that we've seen from queer coded characters in pro wrestling historically. Yeah. And even like on the independents, really. Yeah. Um, especially from like a group standpoint. Um, I mean, really, 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 really fucking cool. It is always, it's never lost on me how dope it is and how lucky I am to have people who are queer, like, see themselves in what we're doing. Um, really, really dope. Even though we do have a big straighty in charge, Darius. You do, yes. Yeah, that kind of throws a wrench into things, don't you think? Uh, it might honestly it might add to the heel dynamic a bit more one straight yeah, true kind of true and all the queer all the queer baiting that eel does <laughs> <laughs> by looking so hot that peeper yeah 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 exactly the vp peeper <laughs> isn't that what she calls him good grief what yeah. a mess <laughs> no i think it's been a, a really good breath of fresh air honestly because like i think uh, you know speaking to a lot of people i think we spoke about this last time we chatted like about you know really having actual heels within queer pro wrestling and that queer wrestlers don't have to be like treated with like these like very like white glove sort of uh treatment in a way like you don't always have to be like the goody two-shoes baby face like you can portray queer people can portray all different facets of what we expect from pro wrestling in an effective way yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely well all right i think i have uh, a perfect opportunity to move into something non-wrestling related with you because Let's I, have go. To, I have to ask about sonic the hedgehog obviously you are very, very vocal online about Sonic and your love of everything Sonic, deep yes. into the comic books, the animated series, everything around it. Yep. I'm yep, very, yep, yep. I'm very curious. Where did this, where did this kind of start for you? Was it the, was it the games uh, initially? 
Well, it depends, like, if you're talking about, like, fandom or, like, true, like, hyperfixation. Let's go true hyperfixation. Yeah, that's the more fun one, right? So the true hyperfixation, like, okay, so COVID hits, boom, everything shut down. People are, like, learning new languages or, like, picking up different classes online for different things. I chose to familiarize myself with the entire Sonic the Hedgehog canon. Mm. I just sucked it into my brain. I watched every single YouTube video. I, I replayed Sonic Adventure 2. I went out and got like um, Sonic Mega Collection and played through the old games. Um, I got a Dreamcast on the way, which is very, very, very exciting to get SA1 and Shuffle and all that stuff. Um, Unleash. I recently did an Unleash playthrough, a Mania playthrough. Um, so it kind of snowballed for me just like having the time to hyper focus on this thing and this thing which is so nostalgic and like such a, a release of endorphins when I see the funny blue rat. Like I always tweet the funny blue rat makes my brain feel good. Because it's like, bang, flash of nostalgia, bang, childhood, big, bright, blue, pretty. When he pops up on Wreck-It Ralph, holy shit. If, like, I, I lost it. I lost my mind. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just such an interesting, not necessarily that it's su- surprising that that, that that will be one like something to latch onto for you, but it's just, it's been fun to watch this kind of evolve over the pandemic in a way. Yeah. Because it's just, very i know i know very few people that are as like hyper fixated on sonic as you are and like i grew up playing the sonic games um so i have a fondness for it but like you usurp me by three or four times in terms of <laughs> your knowledge of the canon um i there is one specific canon thing i wanted to ask before we like get into some more broader discussion about it but have you read the sonic bible at all um yes i i haven't read it but i've watched enough on it to to mm. know what it is and like what it says and the ridiculous like <laughs> sonic's original name is sunny and then sunny got into a lab accident with robotnik and that's what it transformed him i think actually you know sonic transforms first gets the shoes and then there's a lab accident with dr keen sorry with dr quinto borg who that that was actually rolled into the British Sonic the comic. Hmm. So that whole origin story kind of rolled over. I think I think actually specifically the Kinto Boar part. I don't know about the the other stuff, but um he's from Nebraska yes. originally. <laughs> That's probably my favorite part of it. Yeah. Honestly, it's just like he's just from Nebraska. He's from Nebraska. You know, Sonny from Nebraska, no big deal. Just normal dude. He'd be vibing. um but like the you talk about like the growth in the fandom um really cool like i the things that i've been able to like blossom from that in that short period of time like you talked about the growth like i went from like watching a few um youtube videos and of course the movie helped blossom it too i didn't touch on that but of course that was great jim carrey killed it and ben ben schwartz killed it uh, knockoff Paul Rudd killed it. All those guys did absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, 
what was I going to say? And I've been able to do things like uh, Edith Surreal and I were a part of a Sonic the Hedgehog burlesque show oh. at New Year's last year, like an online thing where um, like women dance to Sonic songs. And we got interviewed about, yeah, of course, Edith not being a nerd, doesn't, she doesn't know anything about Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so it was mostly me just nerding out and her being like, oh, wow, cool, cool, cool. Um, so that was really fun. And then I got to like um, be a part of an interview with Ian Flynn, who writes the Sonic comic books a few weeks ago, which was like, absolutely amazing like dream come true so like the stuff i've been able to manifest through just being a fan i think speaks volumes to like the fandom as a whole no it definitely it definitely does there's so much meat to like really like chew on when it comes to sonic that i don't think a lot of people that aren't like looking beyond just the video games um notice really yeah yeah which is which is the best part about some of these fandoms it's just like how ridiculously deep they go um if you really want to take the dive down there case in point you bringing shadow the hedgehog into your own pro wrestling stuff by using the the shadow the hedgehog <laughs> theme song uh yeah. for your entrance music uh for a while now um I don't know. That was just, like the first time that I heard that. It was just like just like a chef's kiss moment. Like it, it of course it fits. Of course it yeah. fits. Yeah, like, it's a perfect pro wrestling song. Exactly. Like I don't know. It it always tickles me. And like knowing that the like the video game circles that I run in, it provides a perfect like opportunity to be like, look at this totally cool but still sort of dumb shit. <laughs> that you can latch on to just pull in like watch the this wrestler comes out to shadows theme song trust me this will get the get the hooks in and pull people in yeah yeah i mean and all jokes aside i think that's a lot of what we try to do is like appeal to the casual fan look at you got me talking about wrestling again i'm gonna stop <laughs> i'm gonna stop right now i'm gonna stop <laughs> i have more to say about the funny blue rat this conversation is not over <laughs> oh no, I'm not. I definitely want this conversation to keep going. I good, just, good, good. My brain likes to connect everything to pro wrestling because my brain is just wired wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I didn't. I did enjoy that. I'm curious though. Like you said, you've been playing through a lot of the of the games recently. Is I have to ask: Is Sonic Adventure Two your favorite? Because every time I talk to somebody, I think Sonic Adventure Two is always the one that comes up as a favorite. Of this yeah sonic adventure 2 followed closely by i had it for the dreamcast growing up um a lot of people why why it's so appealing is because to all those people it's the first thing that was like on a nintendo console like they released that um like the director's cut or whatever um sorry uh, sonic adventure 2 battle mm, um which had right. like the extra like chow fighting chow karate mode and, you know, of course, like you could battle one on one in this weird, shitty Sonic player battle things. Um, but they also had the racing, which was so fucking dope. Um, but anyway, not the kart racing when you would actually race like Shadow versus Sonic. That was great. Mm. But followed closely second uh, Sonic 2. Mm. For sure. I really like the soundtrack, the level design. 
Um, it kind of sucks that Tails can't fly yet, but um, three and Knuckles honestly probably goes below Mania at this point for me. Um, I I really love Sonic Mania. I had a fucking blast playing that. No, I'm with you on Sonic Mania. Like that game, I I love how it plays around with the level designs of all those places, how it mixes and matches stuff here and there. And just really kind of it's the perfect way to I think do a 2D Sonic in the like quote unquote like modern age or like this gen this yeah. console generation because like you know it it relies on what brought it to the dance in the early Genesis days but isn't afraid to flip it on its head and throw all kinds of new wrenches at you to figure out yeah. over again. Yeah, and I, I like what it does with gimmicks, level gimmicks, more than three and knuckles, personally. Mm -hmm. um, I also like the bonus stages a lot more than I do in, in three and knuckles. I don't mind get blue balls. Like, I have fun getting blue balls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, going to clip that. Yeah, yeah, just that <laughs> by itself. Um, but I, I prefer like the uh, the ramped up version of the CD special stage much, much, much more. But um, you know, I I wasn't crazy about Unleashed. Honestly, yeah. I recently did an Unleashed playthrough. I think that game's kind of bloated. I'm not crazy about like Collectathon Sonic. Like, not to me, not the best thing. Yeah. Which honestly feels like a lot of that, like, 360 era of Sonic games it kind of has that, that element from what I feel, at least. Yeah. 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 On a different note, you know what I just played for the first time not that long ago is actually why we were exporting Killian Vision. What's that? Uh, Cuphead. Oh, Cuphead. Cuphead is fucking fantastic. We were talking yes. about 2D games, and it just made, made me made me think of Cuphead. God, I had such a blast. I haven't had that much fun playing like a two-player game in a long time. Like I had a blast doing that. Uh, no. Not since probably like those those Rayman Origins games. Mm, God, I still have Rayman Origins downloaded on my PS4 somewhere. I need it's to get so back good. To that game. The time trials <laughs> in that game were just so good, just so fun. I, I normally yeah. hate time trial modes, but like for some reason, the Rayman Origins ones just like sucked me in. Yeah, that's a that's another fantastic series, right? Like, yeah. Where's the Rayman comic? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be out there somewhere, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Lately, I've been um really into really into. I mean, I've read a couple, the uh, Rick and Morty comic book. Mm. which is i don't know if you're a rick and morty fan i get it if you're not totally but uh i've been having a blast reading it like it, it's so much fun mm. i do i like the show i i have not read any of the comic books though so i'm i'm assuming they they stay very close to to the show <laughs> well they all kind of exist in their own little thing but the one i read today was a continuation of you know the mad max episode oh yeah 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 it was basically like a sequel to that they, they oh. have to come come back to that universe for something and uh hemorrhage which is the dude that summer falls in love with like has a whole arc where he gets his own like baby yoda type thing 
Like it's it's very well done. I'm I'm having a blast with it. I also had a blast buying it because I went up to the counter, and I and I it was me and Dustin in the store, and I lay the comic down, and I look at the person working in there, and I point to it. I said, "Have you ever seen this show?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's that funny. I'm not that big on it." I said, "This guy right here," and I point to Rick. I go, "He he turns himself into a pickle." It's the damnedest thing. He's just a normal guy, but then he's a pickle. <laughs> and the dude's just like, mm, yeah, yeah, great, great. Uh, Graced. That's probably why I went in there today. I went in there today. I was like, hey, is the new Sonic comic is out, right? And they were like, yeah, but you got to come back tomorrow. It's here, but it, the sale date's not till tomorrow. I was like, oh, my God, what kind of rule was what kind of bullshit is that <laughs> imagine not being able to sell something you have an inventory good uh, grief it's funny like to hear that considering how what happens usually in like video game stores like because there are multiple times that i've been to places that like have broken street date <laughs> on that stuff stuff <laughs> on the shelves it's amazing it's, it's good to see that the comic the comic shop is uh holding on to that integrity i guess Oh yeah, they told me they told me they can't break the rules. They said, I'm sorry, we could get in trouble if we sell it to you now. Mm. I'm like, well, I don't need it that bad. Yeah. And they're like, well, we do have the 30th anniversary annual. I said, you act like I don't already have that. <laughs> How is the 30th anniversary annual, by the way? It's, I haven't it's had a chance to check it out yet. It is absolutely fantastic. It is the first that IDW has done um classic Sonic. So it's all classic Sonic stories and classic Amy and classic Robotnik. And it's really, really, really fun. Um, uh, Ian Flynn does it. There's also another story where like Sonic, classic Sonic learns to drive in like a goofy little like six page, eight page thing. Like really, really just a fun thing that you like don't have to know anything about the IDW series. And you can just pick it up. And the art, like, looks super dope. Um, if you're a Sonic nerd, which, like, you're enough of a Sonic nerd, there's some, like, cameos in there that, like, you're going to shit your pants. Like, you're not, you're not going to scream on the back steps of your apartment building like I did. But you're, you're, there's probably going to be some kind of physical reaction to some of the people that pop up in this. Okay. Yeah. You got me, you got me a little, you got me a little bit more hype now. They should away. hire me. They should. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure hey, you know what? Just plop down Killian Vision in front of me. Look, give me a miniseries. Let me. <laughs> this is what shit. I could do. Imagine this, but with your property. Exactly. Imagine Metal Sonic ripping the pen. <laughs> Just Metal Sonic, Sonny Defarge. Throw them together. Oh my God! Metal Sonic would beat the shit out of Sonny Defarge. Oh, they're sure. kind of they're kind of built alike, aren't they? Though, real real strong but lanky boys. <laughs> I feel like that describes the majority of the Sonic Cannon characters, though. In a way, it's just like yeah, <laughs> except Boom Boom Knuckles, which yeah. Eel, who Eel affectionately refers to as Sexy Knuckles. Oh. We were on the way to Tampa. He's up like he said, "What's up with that sexy knuckles?" 
Are you talking about like boom knuckles? <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> you just about made me spit my damn coffee. I swear. So I, I want you to check this out. Okay, so I'm Sonic. Miles mm-hmm. is Shadow. Dustin is is Eggman, of course. And Eel is Silver. How perfect okay. is that? Especially the last one. Yeah. I can dig, <laughs> I can dig That's it. That's uncanny. <laughs> I'm just waiting for fan art now. Well, you know, little plug plug, you're going to see some cool things coming up at Revenge of the Goons Pro Wrestling Magic 731 that might have a little something to do with that, something similar to that. All right. You might, if you're a Sonic fan or a wrestling fan or a Killian fan, you're going to love it. (laughs) Now, I have to ask, because someone floated this on Twitter a while back. I know that you, you know, your your in-ring look has been the same for a while, and, and I like it with the green and black. Someone did suggest... Why don't you have sonic colors on your gear? I, I have to, I can't I can't have you here and not ask. Well, that's another thing you're gonna have to wait for 731. You know, I got a big date with Wheeler Yuta, and I could be coming with some cool stuff. Maybe not. My seamstress might not have it to me in time. We'll see. <laughs> you have to invoke the spirit. Hopefully, chaos control it. Back to back to my place. <laughs> so I guess one more question for you, Sonic related. I think this is probably one of the more divisive ones when I when I talk to other people that have you know followed video games for as long as I have. Sonic the Fighters. Where do you mm. fall on Sonic the Fighters? Um it's like it's it's like a boring fighting game, right? Like, but most fighting games are pretty boring. Hmm. Like I've heard a lot like, oh, you can just press the same button over and over and over again. But like I could do that with cable on Marvel versus Capcom 2. And Marvel versus Capcom 2 is everybody's like little baby pride and joy, greatest fighting game of all time, which I agree it is the greatest fighting game of all time. Besides Def Jam Fight for New York. Yo, I got that on GameCube somewhere here too. I need to break that out. Yes, that is a fantastic game. Very very easy to 100%, but like as far as like storylines in a fighting game blows everything else out of the water. Like like even the Tekken games. Like to me, Fight for New York fucking eats the lunch of any any other story in a fighting game. <laughs> But, you know, fighters, what I like about fighters is the characters. Mm-hmm. I think it introduces some cool, some cool characters into that classic universe. And, like, what, what else? Like, what, that's the best thing about Sonic the Hedgehog, right, is the characters. Oh, Sonic, Sonic and his stupid friends. Like, you, <laughs> you, hear, you, you hear people make fun of it, right? Like, it's a punchline. He's got 100 buds. But, like seeing a cool new design and getting intrigued by a new character, these bright colors and this like funny voice doing these like crazy things is what's appealing about the series. That SA2 moment when when Shadow's like rising out of being cryogenically frozen, like that's the moment we live for as Sonic fans. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Like it's just such an eclectic cast of characters, but they're all like, 
dumb or as lord in their own endearing way yeah it's great I, idw has done a fantastic job of not just managing the current cast of characters but introducing some of the coolest fucking new characters ever and it's really cool because those characters ended up uh, appearing in a sonic mobile game hmm. which is the first time any comic original characters have popped up in a sonic video game was that the Besides, uh, the runner the runner the the, the sonic runner game oh yeah yeah game? yeah sonic yeah. dash yeah yeah sonic that's dash the one yeah the one. yeah, yeah. Um, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there <laughs> no 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 you're good um i was trying to think if if any of the comic exclusive characters were in spinball but i think that was all mm. sat am the tv characters yeah i think so it was. yeah that, that's the first time a comic original character has popped up in the in a game which is huge you know speaks volumes so i think how well idw is doing with the property yeah god spinball that's one of those games that i absolutely adore but I always have to defend. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but also, to be fair, I suck at it. I mean, I, I suck at it. I, the last time I played Sonic Spinball, I was with a friend who absolutely hates it, but we both were just bored and we decided to play it anyway. And then they outperformed me by leaps and bounds. Uh, Again, like the first <laughs> level, I died trying to beat the first boss because I was just out of yes. practice. But he just picked it up played all this and i'm like you tell me you hate this game yet you just completely fucking trounced me <laughs> like that's the opposite i i struggle like in the first level like i can't even make it to the first boss what mm -hmm. one of those obscure ones that i love though and it's they're both on uh mega collection what we were talking about earlier is uh the game gear sonic games oh sonic Mas Chaos. master system the uh, i couldn't remember 8-bit right the 8-bit Okay. Say Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. Sonic 2 is not good, but the original Game Gear Sonic 1 is a, I think, fantastic game. I really, really have a blast playing that. I remember playing, I think that there was like a Game Gear exclusive one, like Sonic Chaos, I want to say. Yep. And like that one, I remember that was like the thing, like when I was growing up, like elementary school field trips, everybody like trying to crowd around one Game Gear. And, and everybody like trying to like convince the person to let us play it because it was just that good <laughs> god yeah um, memory lane people people talk very highly of uh sonic chaos i wonder if that's on mega collection i don't think so i think it's on gems yeah there's that word again gems sonic gems <laughs> it's it just keeps going <laughs> doesn't even sound like a real word anymore <laughs> well um I guess I had one more Sonic question for you as we kind of wind down here a little bit. Um, obviously, there is one like non-canonical game, technically a game, that in the Sonic universe that does kind of have a, an infamous reputation to it. Sonic Dreams. Oh, the fan game. Yes. The very, <laughs> very, very odd. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. I was like, wait, do I know what that is? And the, the, the feet, the foot, the foot, the brain, inflatable, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like tails. I've never birth. played it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never played it, but I watched um I think Peter Kinetter, 
Uh, so one of the Sonic tubers who ended up getting real big and not doing as much Sonic content anymore. Lucky him. Um, when like I was first introduced to it, I think it was through him. Then I've seen some other things. I think, uh, gosh, um, Super Eyepatch Wolf, yes. who's, a, who's a YouTuber, did a fantastic Sonic video. And I think he touched on Sonic Dreams. So maybe maybe that's where I heard it, not Peter Canetta, but one of those guys who is like way, way big and above being a Sonic tuber, like touched on it on one of their videos. I can't remember who it was, but it, it, it definitely speaks volumes to, you know, some of the fan base. That's why I worry about walking down to the comic book shop early for the freaking Sonic comic when some one of the women there I went to high school with. So I'm like thinking all the things that are running through her head. Like you used to be cool. And now look at you, you little furry weirdo waiting for the Sonic comic. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, shut up. You don't understand funny blue rat. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so it's above them. They they wouldn't get it. It's like the Joker, my other hero. <laughs> no, no, I I I absolutely adore Sonic, um, and you know I don't know. I haven't got the chance to talk this much Sonic with anybody in a while, so this is nice. It's been really dope for me as well. So <laughs> nice. I I really only like doing sonic the hedgehog podcast i really don't like doing as many wrestling podcasts i mean i love that interview we did so i i definitely wanted to do this one but most of the time i won't take wrestling podcasts i'll only only accept funny blue rap talk for my sweet sweet furry army we're just gonna overthrow the we're gonna overthrow the comic book shop and then the mean lady won't judge me anymore yo incite the revolution Yes, exactly. Everyone <laughs> grab, grab our personas and let's get them. Yiff it all down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, I guess my final question for you, I think it's a very pertinent one. I'm glad that we were able to kind of split this like half wrestling, half furry blue rat for you because like i they're both they're both topics i love discussing um whenever i get the chance to obviously but uh my last question for you this kind of goes back to killian vision a little bit uh ol or flower uh flower definitely flower every day of the week that's what i got on my end over here because i'm home i'm in my uh i'm in my dojo I'm really glad that joke got over because I wasn't sure if it was going to be over people's heads if people were going to get what we were talking about. But I, but definitely flower every time I can. But you know, in this corporate America, sometimes you got to go into all. Yeah. No. I as someone who grew up in the South, like immediately it clicked. Like, yep. Nope. That's yeah. <laughs> right there. Because <laughs> that's exact. Because that's how I say all in my everyday life. So oh, like, that's hilarious. Yeah, like, that's that's so funny. So like, I I chuckled a lot at that personally. Good. But, yeah. Good. Good. Really None of my friends thought it was funny. I insisted on it. <laughs> so you you've done a lot of validation for me with that. Uh, what no about worries. you, flat flower all? Um, usually all. I I tend to go Eddie a bit though. Oh, okay, okay. That's yeah. smart. That's smart. Yeah, but definitely, those, those definitely make me old. Sleep. 
Yeah, yeah. A man of taste. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Killian, this has been a a blast. Thank you so much for for taking the time. Let everybody know where they can find you online and what you have going on. Um, Okay, I've been thinking about this the whole time. I'm going to nail these plugs. Um, At the Shooter KM, of course, on Twitter, Killian McMurphy on Instagram. Um, Killian McMurphy on YouTube. You can check out... um, most of the first season of the cinematic stuff we did with the one CW Bulletproof Championship. Um, we have a super cut of the Cinemagic coming up very soon, dropping on IWTV, um, which features the matches leading into the actual 30-day match and then the series of shorts and then the finish um, that originally aired at Candy Coated Kingdom. We're having a super cut. We like to call it the Duster Cut. Is coming to IWTV. We're very excited about it. Um, of course, you can go check out Video on Demand. Go watch Killian Vision. Go watch Candy Coated Kingdom. Um, next week, live, 7.31. I don't know. When is this specifically airing? This is going to drop uh, on Thursday. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Less than two weeks from now, IWTV Live, the Women's Super 8. I will be beating Wheeler Yuta for his belt. And then I'm going to beat the Women's Super 8 winner for that trophy. And then I'm going to have no room in my car for any of my accolades. (laughs) Despite driving the 2021 Car of the Year, the award-winning Hyundai Elantra. Yo. It works, it works. (laughs) (laughs) Um... What else do I have coming up? I think that's about it, honestly. Um, if if you're in Maryland or Delaware or Southern PA, um, the first indie wrestling show back in Maryland is happening this weekend at MCW Resurrection, and I'm super excited to to be a part of that. Uh, this is airing on Thursday, so that match graphic will be dropping tomorrow of who i'll be facing and then the day after that is the show so if you can make it out definitely make it out big event we're gonna pack out joppa the mcw arena is gonna be rocking it's gonna be awesome uh i think that's about it for stuff i got coming up watch open late pizza party episodes coming up on iwtv sometime too no, it's it sounds like you got a full plate, and I'm I happy know to, Jerry I'm happy needs to, hear to be it. Jerry needs to be paying me under the table. Me and does he's be getting a little envelope <laughs> of something. Good grief! Well, maybe if you if you win the belt, you got a little bit of a uh, little bit of collateral there to maybe push something through. <laughs> well, when I win the belt, what I'm going to do is I'm going to defend it in a 98 minute western. Oh God! Yes. Yeah, wouldn't that be the greatest thing to ever happen to professional wrestling? I'm into it already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and don't miss Paris is bumping when they hear uh, Paris is bumping too. Yes, definitely. I think that's dropping yes. on August 12th. There so, we go. Look yes. at look at you. You got it. It's my job, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch me and Darius and Eel and Jordan and Molly and Dust beat the shit out of some people. Yeah. Yep. That definitely does happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Killian. Yes, of course, of course. Thank you for having me. I had an absolute blast.
my thanks once again to Killian for coming on the show and taking the time. Um, just a quick update. I did watch Space Jam A New Legacy afterwards, and I understand why Killian has thoughts. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe there's an idea in there for another podcast. Maybe one that's tied to a crowdfunding platform. Who knows? I think that's the right term for it. Either way, doesn't matter. Teases, teases, teases. Uh, really fun to sit down with Killian. I'm glad we could bring that to all of you. Um, and another, just in general, another episode of the show. Every episode, I, I truly enjoy being able to to put out into the world. A lot of great response to uh, the Madness episode last week. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of response to Killian's episode this week. And while you're responding to these great podcasts, make sure to stick with Outsports throughout the Olympics because we are uh, very much delving into coverage of the Olympics, myself included. We are staying on top of all the comings and goings and medal winnings of uh, LGBTQ athletes over in Tokyo right now, uh, even if the cardboard beds are uh, doing whatever they're going to do. Who knows? Maybe they needed those at Butch versus Gore. Anyway, um, yeah, go to Alsports.com and check out all of our covers there. We're going to be continuing it all the way through the Paralympics in August as well. So a um, lot of fun there. It's not going to pull me away from pro wrestling coverage, though. I'm still here for the grabs, and there's something that rhymes with grabs. Anyways. Um, that's going to do it for us here this week, though. Um, come back next week. We'll have another fun episode waiting for you here of LGBT in the Ring. But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And Faye Jackson is not guilty. Bye. Give me the